Welcome back. I am here with Kate Jack, and this is a super interesting conversation about living authentically and the struggle of listening to what we truly want, that little voice inside of us, instead of the have-tos from society. Kay had two major life-changing moments, an unexpected divorce and a serious surf accident. Both events forced her to reconnect with herself, and she can appreciate the struggles now. She has now created her company, Soulfire Rising, and helps others to stay connected with their hearts and their true mission in life. Kay is a beautiful storyteller and an incredibly wise young woman. So please take a listen. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. And yeah, I want to dive in and ask you, you know, how did you start your company? What do you do? And how did it all evolve? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much, Anya, for having me on. It's a pleasure. This is my first time doing anything like this. So it's yeah. really an honor to be doing it with you. And I'm excited to be here on this podcast. Um, yeah, so Soulfire Rising, this is the company that I've created. And really, I actually have a little um, image of what, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. Yes. What it's all about. So basically, Soulfire Rising has been my alchemical process in the way that I triumphed over the turmoils in my life and then the way that I share it with others in the world and I feel like this is my purpose my dharma and you could even call it I, I would say a destiny or fate I really I believe that the different situations that have gone on in my life and what I've been through have led me to create this so basically what soul fire rising is is exactly what it sounds like we all have this deep soul purpose within us. And if we can just align our head and our heart and awaken to that purpose, then we live our life in authenticity. So let's see, how did it, how did it start? <laughs> that is, that is the question, right? So when I was growing up, I was very much in my body. I was a dancer. Um, my mother put me into pageants when I was really young, which was an interesting way to start your life. So kind of right from the get go, I'm doing things for others, I'm doing things in a way that someone tells me, oh, yes, scored. You're, you did a good job. This is wonderful. Um, so that's what I learned to be. And that really started the inauthenticity. And although I, I felt that inside of me, like, oh, well, you know, some movements, like I, I do love dance and I do love people. So those were things that I did resonate with. So I was like, well, I guess I like this pageant stuff and I love to dance. So I guess I like being judged on stage. It's all fine. So I, I kind of had this, this weird connection with truth in myself. Like it was yes and, and it was always that duality. Um, so you could say like going into my adult life, it was pretty challenging to know what I really wanted because unless I was getting feedback from others that, oh yeah, you, you did a good job. This was great. Then I, I started to doubt myself. So that inner knowing that inner wisdom, my soul fire was kind of in this little box. And I was really lucky to have dance in my life. And my mama actually took me to yoga when I was really young. So I think I was uh, about seven. And I actually have my yoga certification, my advanced yoga certification from the same yoga school that I went to when I was seven. So that's pretty powerful for me. 
Um, and that, that yoga studio, that, um, it's a yoga retreat, it's called Kripalu. It's in Western Massachusetts. This place was a place where I could learn how to be with my heart and in my heart and to learn how to yoke that relationship between head and heart and to, to really cultivate who I was. Mm-hmm. And process, yeah, it just started really funny as she wasn't really, she wasn't a yogi. She didn't really, she just knew of this place. She was like, I just got to take my daughter here. She had went to a few retreats and it was not something that she did. She was a massage therapist, but it was more of something that every once in a while she would go to. Um, and I think that she just had this feeling that I needed to be there. It was a place that was going to teach me things that maybe she couldn't end up teaching me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was really, it was fun. It was really funny to be in a room full of adults as a child, just watching people crying and in their bodies. And, and that was kind of my first exposure to somatic release and awareness. Um, and, you know, this is something I experienced from that age on. I, I was dancing from a young age, but I think about 10, I started competing. And in that, I, you know, a lot of our practices, we would do improv dancing. And improv is really about dancing from the heart. So it's similar in a way to ecstatic dance, I would say. I've taken a few of those classes and it's it's something similar to what I run in my retreats and in my my one day offerings. Um, actually, even online too, <laughs> I found a way to, to, to do that online. Um, but it's really from my dance background, how I, how I learned how to interact and talk with my body and not just in an ecstatic way, but in a, in a way that comes from that soul, that soul place, the heart. And I do believe, like, I feel like this, the soul fire, I, I often point here. And I think it's like our soul fires, it's just like right in between this like ego space and the heart space. And it's just this connection to our divine self and this this rooted self that we have. So yeah, I have a I have a lot of fun, you know, going back and and reliving those memories and those experiences. But it definitely at, at that time you would think like, oh, well, you have a very good connection to your body. But because I was having that judgment all the time from others and, and the input and all this, it really it shifted from okay. I can't really be in my body because it's not really safe to feel this right now. I've got to perform. So I had to like put my feelings on the back burner, perform. And then by the end of performing, your adrenaline's pumping. You feel so good that, oh, those things just get kind of pushed aside. So when that that kind of happened, um, I would say 16, you know, we can only go so far before we boop, <laughs> spontaneously combust, right? Totally. <laughs> yes, absolutely right we either do it as adults or as children and so my first spontaneous combustion was when i was about 16 i started getting these auric migraines is what they're called and at first my doctors were like oh they're panic attacks and i was all checked out and no one could find anything as often happens with western medicine unfortunately but they're great for um immediate needs which i'll get to later (laughs) but yeah the the Western medicine world was like, you know, maybe you should try yoga. So that was when I, I had gone to yoga and I was younger, I'm like, okay, cool. But I love dance way more dance. And then at 16, they were like, uh, how about you try yoga again? I'm like, okay. Breathing like, oh. so I, I had these experiences, these migraines in yoga class. I remember doing a yoga nidra when I first got to college and everything. So just to give you a little um, explanation of kind of what these migraines are like for me, 
I mean, I just got a word for it within the last year of what they were. So that is really funny. Like for 10 years, I'm like, I guess I have panic attacks. <laughs> and then I figured out that that's not what they were. Uh, but my hands will go numb. My face will go numb. I lose ability to talk, to speak. And oh my, to, God. my vision will go and I can't remember my partner's name. And, you know, Horrible. I can't even uh, imagine. It's really, they're really weird. They're really intense, but luckily I've been clear. I've got, I've hit it from a lot of angles um, after a head injury that I had surfing, which surfing changed my life, which is a huge reason why the Soulfire Rising emblem has all the waves on it. And I'll, I'll get to that too. It's my, it's my privilege really to be able to allow people a space to learn how to surf their own waves in life. And that's really what I'm trying to help people do. It's you know, beneath the surface of our internal ocean, we have this gem, this gold that we get to give to the world and only we can give it and only we have it. No one else is like you. Um, so yeah, really, really excited about that. But uh, yeah, so at 16, I, I, had, I had these things so that, struggling with that. And I went to school for nutrition thinking, oh, maybe, you know, this will help. And, you know, my, my pageant days were over at that point and, uh, dance was pretty much over. I danced in college. Um, it just, you know, it was easy, easy credits. <laughs> I could take ballet class and just no big deal. Um, but I went to, I studied abroad in Ireland with my uh, partner at the time, my boyfriend from high school. And it, it just, you know, I, I kept everything really rigid. It was like the, the way that I could do things, right? It was, okay, if I keep it in this box, it won't fall apart. And I think that that's also all that pressure, right? No wonder I had migraines. I had so much pressure um, because I wasn't, I just didn't know how to process my emotions anymore. And, I, and it was built up from way long ago, as I'm, I'm sure you know, doing inner child work and all these things, once you start doing it, really allowing your body to express and breathe, uh, it's magical. It's magical what can come out and you didn't even know it's there and you don't even have to know, right? Yeah. It's our minds love to attach meaning to everything. And if we can just let go and say, all right, I feel like crying right now and I'm gonna bawl my eyes out and having a safe space to do it, like the comfort of your own home or bedroom or an arm of a friend to cry in who you know isn't gonna judge you. <laughs> you know, having these, these things are really important. But at the time, since I didn't, I'm getting back into all these things and I'm holding it all together it was a part of the the culture, in my opinion, and the way, you know, it was, it, hey, you will be successful. You're, you're pretty enough. You're good enough. You're loved enough if you get married. And mm -hmm. of course, there are lots of people telling me, oh, no, 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 we don't believe that. That's not true. Wait to get married. Don't do it. And of course, like, I'm like, no, internally, subconsciously, for me, that was the only way I think that I could start my own businesses and, and really step out into the world was knowing that I was loved. Mm. So it was such a, a weird um, situation I had been through for most of my life, just playing with that, like, hey, does the crowd love it? Great, oh, they love it, awesome. And I wasn't getting that feedback anymore. So I think that that was kind of a part of the reason I jumped right into marriage and my heart is huge. <laughs> I love to love, I absolutely love loving. Um, and I didn't realize that, you know, that's, you can love to love and love without necessarily needing to be married and all these things. And uh, so I, I jumped right in at 20. I, I was mm. 20 when I got married. I remember not being able to drink at my wedding. Oh, <laughs> I, was, <wow. laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. Uh, 
Yeah, so that was that was fun. And I mean, he at the time, this was a good friend of like a best friend. I thought we were in love. And and I just at that time, of course, in my life, I'm 20 years old. I had just gotten back from studying abroad and broke up with my my ex-boyfriend. And, you know, it was a whole thing. And I just didn't know who I was, but that was in the moment of openness. I was like, oh, shoot, how do I pull it all together? What can I do? Fall in love again, of course. But instead of falling in love with myself, which would have been my advice, again, why I created Soulfire Rising is- God, like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting how often it takes us so long to figure out that it's the most important thing to fall in love with ourselves first. And yeah. everything grows from there. But why is this so hard? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's the question of the hour. Why is it so hard? And it, well, a lot of it, right? I mean, just think about all the, the news that we have bombarding us. And I, I mean, even I'm still in processes of ditching social media. I'm in a process right now of, of taking a year off of it just to see what could come out of me and myself being more with me rather than me and everyone else i think we can get distracted i mean when's oh. the last time you went out to dinner and didn't have conversation with others of course you're going to have conversations with others you're, you want to be in their world but i like to think of it as kind of like little vortexes right we get picked up and we're like oh i'm in this little vortex but we are our most important vortex to be in most of the time yeah. so if we can continue that spin within ourselves i think you know we can have a really powerful effect in the world but yes the the love the finding that love for myself was really really important and it, it's something i think when you get into a marriage right you're immediately at least for your first time after the first time <laughs> we're a little wiser a little smarter uh you you do this like there's this oh like when you, even when you're saying your vows, you're like, I, I give myself to you and you give yourself to me till death do us part. We're conjoining into one. And this, I think, is the biggest like faux pas of marriage, really. Like we are one and one creating a third entity. We are if you are fully yourself, you know who you are. You can feel your authenticity. You know what questions to ask. And hey, are we compatible in this way? Will this third person do we want to create this? essentially business together right like it's this third entity that it's a it's a baby really outside of yourself yeah. you're creating this thing and of course then you're going to probably create babies or not but you know most do and it's just as important you know to have those values and if you don't have i'm sure you can speak to this much more i don't have children of my own besides fur babies <laughs> But I'm imagining it's it's similar where if you don't have the same values in raising a children, oh my goodness, it's going to be a challenge. So you might want to reconsider like, hey, should we make this? Right. <laughs> and yeah. it seems like it makes so much sense logically. It makes so much sense. But somehow, so many times we just don't think that way. We are like, it's like you have wearing this veil and you don't yeah. see, you don't see properly but I agree it's like and it's like our job to continue to peel back the veil to keep piercing the veil and just keep saying like excuse me I'd like to see the real thing excuse yeah. me, my heart is would <laughs> like to know and say this 
you know, and, and that takes a lot of responsibility and, and just, you know, self-awareness, which I think is where a lot of meditation or working with a psychotherapist, you know, and we all have different levels, I believe. I believe that, you know, we start, we, like I worked in therapy for a while before I transitioned out and more into a spiritual practice. And there are probably going to be moments in my life where I'll go back to therapy and be like, this is it. I'm going here. Um, so I don't think one is necessarily better than the other, but to have that, that support outside of yourself where you can confidently talk about all of the things that are hitting the fan. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because like our, our sack is only so big. I don't want to carry a bunch of, bunch of shit in my sack. Yeah. It's, a, it's a constant journey. Like we have yeah. to sift it. Got yeah. to just sifting it. Yeah, yeah. Which is such a gift. And I think we forget that too. We forget that it's a gift to be here. And I know that I did personally. And when I first, you know, when I went through, so my, with my divorce, I was, I was divorced. I wasn't the one divorcing. <laughs> well, how long did the marriage last? Uh, about eight years. About that eight is years. a long time though. You know, considering you were only 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was intense. It was most of my life, most of my growing. And it was, for me, it was a sharp ending. It was, you know, we had done a lot of like, you know, the Wonderlust Fest together and we would hold hands and yoga and we traveled, we lived in a van together. Um, there was just a lot of, a lot of uh, love or what I thought was love. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting is like, looking back now, I'm like, whoa, like what, what I have with my current partner, that's love. And I, I had to really love myself and when I could love myself and find everything about me that was beautiful, joyful, my soul fire and like really step into it and be like, this is who I am and this is what I love to do and this is how I'm going to give my gift in all the areas of life, career or relationships or friendships, anything like this is what I want to give to the world. This is how I deliver it. Uh, that was, I think, what opened me up to be able to receive the love I have now. And, it, it, and being that honest and being able to be that honest with yourself allows you to be that honest with others. And then you actually find a partner instead of having this like, OK, I'm going to put on my lipstick and I look really good. I'm yeah. going to do these cute things like I was totally, you know, after because I had done all of those things. Right. I was the perfect wife. I did everything that I was supposed to do. And then it didn't work out. I, and that I think we a lot of us, especially I think women, we have that. We do that. We do it really well, whether we're mothers or, you know, we just, it's in our bones to just, I got this, hop in my, hop on my shell and I'll take you somewhere. <laughs> like we're just, we're pretty good, like super women in that way. But, At least you know, you said something really interesting. You said yeah. you, you did all the things that you thought you had to do, but I think love is just like, it's so much less about doing and yeah. all about being, because when you are that person that loves yourself I mean there's no way around you're going to attract that person to you I, like trying less and just being yes like allowing yourself to be and that's the challenge it's like instead of being the best or doing whatever right it's the doing take it out of the mind drop into the heart and allow the being and the allowing I think comes from the head you have to it's like okay allow i'm just gonna allow my head to drop into my heart and then live from this place and and that doesn't necessarily mean okay i'm dropping all my boundaries which i also experimented with as well <laughs> you know because I, I when you get dropped like that when you get dropped so hard and love is ripped it's it's a death and you know that's the but that is the cycle it's death 
life rebirth. And it's really, it's what I love teaching people about is getting comfortable with the dying process. If you can get comfortable with that process, you're continuing to allow something new to be born, something better, and it gets to keep rebirthing and becoming something else in this this becoming it's a beingness right it's a it's all in the heart and it's all uh, your your mind and your heart are utilizing each other in the becoming in the, in in the being you get to just be in your heart and then when you're like okay i'm in my heart what does it look like to like envelop this feeling and actually start engaging with the world like this and that's you know i think once we do that that's when you're really going to find your true partners, whether, and you know, that might not be a husband or it might not be what you thought it was going to be. I think we were chatting about this, Anya, like there, it, there's so many different ways for things to manifest that we couldn't even possibly imagine. But if we allow ourselves to just be all of a sudden, one day we're going to wake up and go, holy shit. (laughs) I didn't even know like what, but if we keep, fighting then one day we'll wake up and all of a sudden everything will be gone because we never had anything because we can only ever have ourselves that's the the only thing we could ever have is that love with ourselves that beingness that you're speaking to and i think the challenge is really we always want to know the how and what it's going to look like and when is it going to happen yeah reality is we don't need to know any of that exactly it's 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 hard it's it's really hard to get to that it is it is and you have to give yourself grace and be like i know that i'm wanting something right now and that's okay and constantly like i used to try to get out of that i used to try to i'm not thinking about that right now okay okay i'm just being i'm just being that's when meditation and being was really hard (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. i was in constant flux and fight with myself when i was just like okay yep i want something right now i respect that i want that okay and then and then all of a sudden it's like you get to drop in because you're acknowledging it if you give it the space that it needs it's I think, I don't know if it's Rumi that says this, but he talks about inviting, I think it is Rumi, inviting your everything into tea, inviting the the stranger at the door in for tea, those shadows, like invite them in for tea, <laughs> get to know them, you know, and then, and then work from there, have a conversation because the shadow parts of us are only shadows because we're not shedding light on them and mm-hmm. it, it incorporate them. They're, they're parts of us. So of course, they're just going to keep growing and growing and they're going to overshadow our light if we allow them to so if we can just say hey i see you here's here you are what what do you need and you know of course when you're in a a marriage i think without having done this on your own first you hit that wall because you're really instead of tending to yourself you're like automatically putting it on the marriage Mm. so you're like oh it's the third this thing it's this one thing that needs fixing and a lot of the time it's either the other person or yourself that isn't really tending to so to find a conscious partner or even like what if you're supposed to live with your friend for the rest of your life like you you guys are supposed to be friends like can you accept that can you accept the counterculture of like yeah i'm not meant to do what everyone in the culture is doing i'm meant to have five dogs and a best friend and live Mm -hmm. with them Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it you know and getting true and real and honest with that part of you that that soul will allow everything in your life to to shine out of that god you dropped so many nuggets already in this conversation <laughs> i could just sit here and listen and listen it's so beautiful oh, you're very, yeah. very easy to talk to <laughs> so much wisdom yeah oh my gosh so i know your story a little bit um so tell us like 
what happened when you had that injury, that accident, and and, and how your life changed from from that? For sure. So of course, you know, I would have said my divorce was like the one thing I needed in my life, right, to shake me up and get me living in my soul fire. But if I said that, I would be lying. Um, I that definitely started and restarted, and I was like, wow, oh yeah, I love yoga. I love dance. I'm a yoga teacher. I can do this. I can live in a way that's synchronistic with my heart and my mind and get them all online and live in, a, in that kind of alignment. Um, and I met a wonderful man who at the time was just friends. We met during COVID and we had a lot of it. He was, uh, he sold a business and he, we were experiencing kind of the same death, right? He had just let go of something really important to his heart. And I was letting go of something really important to my heart. So we were in a really interesting place where our souls were like, yeah, we're in, we're in a death rebirth process. What does this look like? So we started hanging out and of course, like during COVID after, you know, that kind of pain, COVID doesn't feel, so that's the blessing there, right? COVID felt like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I just got, my husband just left me. COVID's no big deal. <laughs> we can hang out. So, you know, we started hanging out and within a week of knowing each other, my friends, my family, they thought it was crazy. They're like, what are you doing? Like, you can't just leave with this guy. So I was, I had this, I was meditating a lot. And I was like, okay, what, it, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What do I want to do? And, you know, working with different plants at the time. And I had this vision of, of a lot of just waves and, and surfing and all these things and this shark. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it, it just came to me. I was like, I've got to learn how to surf. I've got to learn how to surf. And I went to him and I was like, yeah, so I think I need to go surfing. I'm going to take Layla, my dog. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, we're going to go surfing and I'll, I'll do my business from the road. And I had a, a, a part-time job at a pet food store, you know, just to literally get through the days I got myself, you know, to a job. And I do think that's really valuable if you're going through this kind of heartbreak, just doing something for anybody else outside of yourself, that's going to get you out of that place of like, I can't get out of bed. So Layla, my pup, she was really wonderful and kept me getting out of bed and all these things. So I was like, well, of course, Layla's coming, but I'm going on a surf trip. Like, well, you can't fly there, this is my partner says. And I was like, well, my now partner. I'm like, well, I'll drive, I'll, I'll just drive. He's like, well, you don't know how to surf. And I was like, well, and he goes, I know how to surf. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, like, you know, I knew he kind of liked me and things like this. And I was like, okay, this, has, this is super platonic. And if this is not platonic, we're not doing <laughs> So it was the whole thing and I was because you know you need your space once you once you go through that kind of heartbreak you really need your space to rebuild yourself and I knew it I was like there's no way I am solid enough to to be in any kind of relationship you know so and I need to date I need to experience other things so I was like okay well all right if if, if we can do this we rented an RV that literally that night didn't even skip a beat rented an <laughs> RV he taught me how to surf we went down to um, San Diego and I was up on a wave in a day and it, it literally having that experience, the ocean, I, and I will tell this to anybody always again and again, the ocean, the mountains, nature is such a gift for us to heal and to, mm -hmm. to filter and to, to just get back to ourselves. And the ocean taught me so much. It taught me so much about resistance, about catching the wave and waiting and then thinking I'm, I'm doing it just right, but the ocean doesn't care. The ocean will do whatever it needs to do. And it's the, the great mother like taking care of us. So I got a lot of lessons, a lot of shore pounds. Um, and I was really strong at the time. I was very much into CrossFit working out. I used to be a coach in that way. And it was, 
yeah, it was really intense for me to just even be in the ocean, being as strong as I was, I was like paddling through the waves and I was still getting wrecked. But I found that that new respect and just like, oh, wow, I can't control everything. So that was my biggest, I would say, opening to, okay, look at life is doing this. You can be in flow with it or you can be against it. So I learned how to be in flow and that felt just marvelous. And it really it gave me such good ground to stand on moving forward in my life. Amazing so, lesson you learned there. Yeah. Totally. So naturally, like I, I would love, to, I'd love to go back and became a new pastime. And fast forward a year later, finally a year goes by and we're hanging out, my partner and I, and I'm finally, I know, I feel it. I'm like, okay, yep. And we've traveled, you know, we've gone to Mexico during COVID, all these things. <laughs> you might think we're crazy, but we had to live. We, him and I both were like in this, like, we just died. We have to live again. Let us live. Um, so, you know, a year later, I finally go, okay, well, you know, I like you. And then with that night, literally he proposed to me and it oh. was a yeah but it, you know and through this through this year of us traveling we traveled we did many surf trips together and we had to reconstruct ourselves and we both were doing our own separate work we were going through a mother and father learning program like we were reorchestrating who we were so it was really cool i was with my best friend like we were really really close and really tight and it was so fun to see each other and of course we triggered each other like no other but it but that was also good because we were like yep. we were friends and we wanted to see each other succeed it was it's literally like doing this with your best friend so if you have like get your best friend on board I know you're you might be doing a retreat here coming up get your best friend on board like definitely do it and do it with your best friend um, it's just so powerful to have that kind of support to to go in with somebody with so yeah we did that and then as it as it turns out of course the integration, the learning, and that's one of the most powerful things I think we can remember is it never stops. Like just because I fell in love again and I allowed myself and it wasn't until I loved myself enough mm -hmm. that I actually fell in love. And I was like, oh yeah, this is, I really do like this guy. And this is love. Like I had to figure out what love was. Mm -hmm. And I did, I'm grateful that he waited around for me to, to feel that and to, to get there. But that's really what we have to do. It's like, it can't be on anybody else's time frame. It's gotta be on our own. Um, so yeah, that, you know, we're, we're continuing to work through our stuff and I'm growing and I'm, I'm learning and I'm getting deeper into my spiritual work and spiritual practice. And I'm, I'm accepting my, my, uh, my place in the world, my soul fire and what I like to deliver to the world. Right. So I'm growing into this and we're like, let's go on a surf trip. So we go on another surf trip. This was a year ago, actually, like a year ago now, this wild, we were in <laughs> San Diego and it was there was just friction you know as you integrate friction comes triggers come something in my life had been triggering me i was really unsettled in my being and we went surfing and i'm thinking okay yeah this is going to get me back into myself of course it did and it does and i remember it literally like it was yesterday i'm i'm on the wave and i'm knowing i'm having that friction of like i'm catching this wave this is a wave i want to catch so i got that like a little bit of that clench and this is our work in our life right we're gonna always have the clench that comes back in that to go and it's our work to keep releasing to hire people to help us release if we can't do it on our own mm -hmm. to say i am struggling right now and i need support can someone support me you know it's as long as we keep humbling ourselves to that I think that, you know, we'll help change the world. I think that if the world just kept that energy going, we'd be good. But 
so I, in that moment, I wasn't perfect as no one, none of us are, right? And I'm like, I'm catching this wave. It was a little too close. The, the, um, the tide was drifting out. I'm a little too close. And boom, I, I get wrapped up in the wave. The wave just kind of curls over and smashes on me. And I'm covering my head like I know something's going to happen, right? I'm like, okay, I think I'm good. So, and I'm underwater for a good, a good bit here. And I went to push back around the wave. And I just as I opened my hands, my surfboard came and smacked me on the head oh and just tore me and poor, poor Robbie, he was like, I, you know, I heard it. I heard it from a, oh. he's like, you, and I was, I was paddling back out to him. And that was, that was the most interesting, you know, I, I was working with an Ayurvedic practitioner at the time, um, one of my teachers, and she was, <laughs> she was like, well, we know what you are now. So immediately when that happened, I, I didn't pass out. I, I think I have a very, I just have a very strong will to be here. Uh, I've never passed out in my life so far, even through these like or my these everything that I've ever been through in my life. There's this consciousness in me that like pulls through it, and I I consider it just as a. I mean, I'm sure if I maybe if I got hit harder, I wouldn't have control over it. But I have I, I do have like just a strong will to be here, and the the surfboard got me, and I'm like okay. I didn't think anything happened. I was just angry. I just remember being flushed with anger. My teacher was like, well, we know you have some pitta in you. <laughs> some pittas can get quite angry in, in those situations. And I'm looking at, out at my partner and I'm like, oh, why is he all the way over there? And I just remember being so <laughs> mad. And I was like, I'm just going to go paddle back out. And as I start paddling, I was like, whoa. And I'm like, I, I can't like in something, luckily something got me out of the water. You know, my angels, guides, teachers, loved ones help pull me back. And I get to the shore and I was like, whoa, and I'm really woozy, probably the closest I've ever been to passing out. And I went to touch my head and blood's just gushing. So I got, I was about like this big right here. I got eight staples. Mm -hmm. um, my head was just split open and it was just a wild experience. And after that, it was, I just deeply felt that you know, I, like I don't have, and I think this is true for all of us. We all don't have the time we think we have, and you know, we can keep getting dropped. And it's like for whatever reason, I needed another experience from the universe to just show me, hey, remember who you are one more time in case you forgot. So for that year, I still didn't step into my work, into Soul Fire Rising, into teaching and sharing my gifts with the world. I still hadn't stepped into it, and I was like, oh, maybe I will. And right after that happened. I was so different for a time. It was, it just, I couldn't move the same way. I couldn't go upside down. I couldn't practice yoga. I could breathe. And I would just find myself in the same spot for hours. And I was really afraid that I wasn't coming back. And I remember just sitting with myself and working with that, that dualism of like, okay, things might change here again. And it in a way felt like that divorce that was happening again, like something's dying again. Shoot, like how, how am I gonna sift through this? So that was a challenge, but it made me step into, like, I, I was like, I don't need another lesson. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Stepping in. So that's when my work got really deep about a year ago. And I just, you know, my migraines got worse. And that was another thing. It's like, for however many years I couldn't, I didn't know what was going on. And I finally like trigger foods. I, of course I studied nutrition and didn't even utilize like what I knew. Right. But I'm like, oh, this is why I studied nutrition back in the day. Histamine, tyramine, high tyramine foods, like all these things. And then doing a, a plant medicine journey, you know, really figuring out where the tension in my body, where it comes from. And I think that, you know, sometimes we can utilize 
things like that and really just meditation and that's my you know a lot of the time it's really just meditation and being with yourself and those are the the biggest journeys you can go on is literally your own spirit inhabiting your own body and so i think a lot of people talk about breath work i think if you're really wanting to get in touch with yourself and your own spirit breath work is really really powerful i find that you know if you go down the plant medicine route and you don't have the right support or working with the right people things can get funky because if you think about it with plants you have another spirit inhabiting you your breath that's you you and your spirit so there's you know there's power in both and there's, you know, I think that the breath can bring us so deep into our bodies and into our being that so like I know that it's a huge thing going on in the, the communities right now and just in the world right things are getting legalized mushrooms are legal now and it's like, okay, yes, but your breath has been legal for your whole life. <laughs> we can go back to the breath always and figure that out and I've, I've had in some of my most expansive meditations and deepest meditations have been from doing uh, holotropic breath work, which is an intense breath work. But it, yeah. that has I'm glad you're mentioning the breath work because I yeah. feel like, like you said, the meditation and for me personally, the breath work was like, I didn't believe it was going to be as life changing, but it's so yeah. powerful. And I think we need to talk about it because people yeah. don't, they just brush it off thinking, how can that really help me? But it is very, it is very powerful. And it's so readily available. You know, yes, there's plant medicine and everything, but that is a little harder. You know, yeah. like you said, there's different wrists. It's like the breath work. It's just available for you. Same as meditation. But, you know, we have to have the, the patience and we have to give it a try and believe. Um, and I wanted to say, you know, that's another thing, like in looking at your journey, I feel like you were so open to all these things, trying whatever was out there to help you. But then also it seems like you really looked back at your lessons and you got the lessons you know you were like what is this teaching me and you implemented it all so mm -hmm. even though I'm like when I met you I was already blown away because you're still so young but there's so much mm -hmm. wisdom and like just in this episode you dropped so much wisdom so many nuggets like thank you <laughs> wow well, so like you said um, without the the life like it's it's just about the life that you live right and it's the wisdom comes from life gracing you with lessons if you're listening oh god i love this such a beautiful way to put this and i to wrap this up i want to ask you i know you're on the social media break which yes. wow <laughs> wow i know that's not an easy thing to do but i admire you and i can't wait to catch up in a couple months and see how that has shifted things for you mm -hmm. but if any of the listeners like are curious want to work with you want to get in touch with you where can someone find you yeah so i do free uh, meditations on spotify and youtube and just free journal prompts on my website, soulfirerising.co, not .com. Mm -hmm. uh, and I put it in the notes too. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Great. And then at Soulfire Rising on Instagram. Um, Twitter's get Soulfire. I'm not on there very much. Instagram is is where I love. I love to create and do art. So you'll see a lot of fun posts, little nuggets. And you can sign up for my newsletter. I usually drop things at least once a month. And I like to do Soul Sundays. 
But yeah, I'm really just passionate about sharing ways for you to get in touch with your soul, your truth, your authenticity, to help you weave your head and your heart together in service of your soul, really. So, and I believe that that is really what each one of us can give to the world to make it a better place. So if you think it's selfish, self-care is not selfish. Self-care is really just honoring your beingness. And yeah, I, I'd be really honored to have anybody who wants to come and take some classes with me. We do some yoga, I dance with you, uh, yeah, meditations, everything in between that will help you get into your soul fire. Oh, thank you so much, Kay. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. I want to come on here and share about the Divorce to Divine Retreat that I will be co-hosting at the end of February in Costa Rica. So if you have been going through divorce and have decided to see your divorce as a portal of transformation, as an opportunity to take charge of your life and become your happiest version of yourself, if you're looking to release your past and your resentment so that you no longer feel stuck and you feel committed to prioritize the work on your personal and spiritual development and be in a supportive community of women, then I encourage you to reach out to me or go to the show notes and click on the link to book a discovery call where I can answer any question you might have. And if you go on my Instagram, you will find um, all the details about the retreat.